guaranteed income. I don't know if I've completely got a grasp on it, but it sounds like Alberta, some people here in the province of Alberta, they, they are showing the need for guaranteed income. So we decided we'd better track somebody down to talk about this. So joining us on the show is the Policy and Research Specialist for VCC, which is Vibrant Communities Calgary, and Lee Stevens is joining us on the show today. Hello, Lee. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Hey, let's let's tell everybody first and foremost what VCC is. <laughs> Vibrant Communities Calgary. Um, we are a nonprofit organization located in Calgary, and we are the stewards of Calgary's poverty reduction strategy, Enough for All. So we are really trying to change the system and structures that hold poverty in place. Okay, let's talk about this uh, guaranteed income thing, because not everybody quite gets it and how it works. Can you break that down a little bit for us? For sure. Um, it isn't a simple concept, but it is uh, money sent from the government to people so they can meet their basic needs. Um, there's two basic types. The the one that's most commonly used in America is the UBI or the universal basic income. And that refers to um, the same amount of money going to everyone, regardless of whether they need it or not. And in some cases, that can be clawed back in taxes. The other model of basic income is a guaranteed basic income, which is income tested. So it is still distributed universally, but but it's based on income. So if your income falls below a certain threshold, you would receive the basic income. I'm assuming that in every different province, there might be a little different threshold. What, what, what are you hearing across the country in terms of what might be a threshold in the Maritimes as opposed to BC or Alberta or Ontario? Well, actually, the government of Canada has established an official poverty measure, and that's the market basket measure. Okay. And so it, it is different depending on where you, you live. There's six thresholds in Alberta alone. Um, so depending on where you live in the province, the poverty line is going to look a little bit different. So uh, how, how realistic is this? So what are you hearing? What's the word out there? There is strong support for basic income, I would say, um, ever in the last three years since the introduction of the CERB, um, I think that a lot of people who received the CERB um, started to buy into the idea that, hey, you know, I did all the right things, and here I am in need of government benefits. So um, we started to change our idea of what causes poverty, and so I think there is a window of opportunity for basic income um, because of what happened during the pandemic, and, and it was such a big economic crisis. And I also think another reason why it's popular is because employment is becoming increasingly precarious. There are more and more part-time jobs, gig jobs, temporary jobs, freelance. You know, people don't have health benefits and um, people are feeling insecure and they're not sure that the labor market is going to meet all of their needs in the way that it was promised to. I think for those two reasons, it's popular. And poverty finds people in different ways, I guess is probably a good way of saying it. You just never know when things are going to turn in your life. Absolutely. You can do all the right things, go to school, get a good job, work hard, and still end up in poverty, unfortunately, is what we're seeing. So where do you see this going over, let's say, the next one year and maybe the next three years? Um, 
I'm not sure. I think it's going to happen incrementally. Uh, we ju- I just saw something out of Newfoundland and Labrador. They are introducing a basic income for those aged 60 to 65. Um, we have a bill before the Senate that's in the committee stage right now to establish a framework. So I think there is some political will to uh, implement a basic income federally. Um, we've had some provinces that are that are hiring researchers to do um, feasibility studies and, you know, they're making amendments to their social assistance system based on those reports. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, let's look at public health care. Uh, people started calling for public health care after World War One, right. and we didn't actually get it until 1967. So I think we're going to get it incrementally. So yeah. you mentioned those words, feasibility studies, and immediately I went, oh, that's five years for sure. Uh, however, <laughs> there are there's a lot of people out there that say, yeah, but it's a good start. How do you view it? You know, I don't think we need a feasibility study. The evidence is really clear. There is piles and piles of evidence on the impact of unconditional cash transfers and basic income experiments. And the evidence is so clear in, uh, on each and every one of them. You get good health outcomes. You don't need to attach work requirements or all these conditions, means testing. None of those um Policies are needed, actually. Um, what happens when you give people money without strings, att- without strings attached is they use it on food, shelter, their basic needs, they keep their jobs or they get better jobs or they go back to school. Some people always say that some people might get this money and they don't really need it. So how do we put kind of, a, I guess, a fence up a little bit? Just some way of kind of monitoring to make sure that the people who really need it are really getting it. Yeah, that's a tough one. And it's it's about values. And I think as long as we're being explicit about those values and we're not disputing evidence, um, I think it's okay to have those tough conversations as long as we're being honest because um, there are moral, moral judgments when you talk about um, welfare and social policy, of course. There's all kinds of moral judgments. So let's just be clear. Are you making a moral judgment or are you actually questioning the evidence? Because the actual evidence is, is clear that you, you can get really good outcomes um, when, when you give cash to people without strings attached. Here's one I always like to ask. How is the provincial government responding to this? <laughs> um, you know, we're always ready and willing to have a uh, conversation with them um, through our work with the Alberta Basic Income Network. Um, you know, we've we've definitely introduced ourselves to, to the government and we've, we've had some interest, you know. Um, I think that there is appeal on both sides. Certainly a basic income has appeal to conservatives because it reduces red tape and administrative costs and it actually does. It improves efficiencies and conservatives, you know, of course want to hear that. Um, and then it has appeal on, on the left side of the spectrum too because of its uh, ability to reduce poverty. So it has appeal on both sides of the spectrum. And so we're just, I'm always in always willing and I, I just love talking to people from all sides of the spectrum about this issue. Lee, you're in Calgary, we're in Edmonton. Obviously yep. the cities are very similar in a lot of ways, but wildly different in others. Are you talking to people up here and they're kind of echoing what you're saying? Um, talking to people in Calgary? And Edmonton, like to compare the two cities. We're going through the same thing or no? 
Yeah, and Poverty Edmonton is involved with with the Basic Income Network, and there are lots of people in Edmonton that are interested in this. Um, I get calls regularly and emails of people asking me to do lunch and learns and presentations or even just a conversation, and uh, I definitely think the interest is there. People are starting to question the effectiveness of the welfare system, and I think that's a good thing. Lee, how do people get a hold of you and everybody at VCC? Enoughforall.ca, and um, if you go there, you can you can look for me and, and find me on there. Okay, Lee, thanks for your time this afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. Happy okay. to be here. There's Lee Stevens, who's the Policy and Research Specialist for VCC, which is Vibrant Communities Calgary, having the same issues up here in Edmonton, she says, but they're a community organization tasked with implementing the city's poverty reduction strategy.